You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good morning to you. It's the fourth Sunday before Advent, or actually it's the fourth Sunday in Advent before Christmas. And today we're looking at the word love. Love. Today on Words of Encouragement. It is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and as we, as we observe this fourth Sunday, as you have already heard, we are focusing on the word love. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary tells us the word love was used by believers to denote the special, unconditional love of God and is used interchangeably with the brotherly, love, brotherly kind of love to designate God the Father's love for Jesus. God the Father's love for an, an individual believer and of Christ's love for a disciple. The word used in our text today is the agape love, that is to have a great affection or care for our loyalty towards, to have a great affection or care for, our loyalty towards. Today, we look at the love of God. If you are able and you are willing, I ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from John 3.16. The Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. May God bless the reading of His Word. I invite you to be seated. The love of God. For God so loved the world. We see here that there is a choice involved on God's part. A choice. God has made a choice. He has chosen to love that which He has made. Now, I, I would say that's, that's not that hard to do. Have you ever made anything? Have you ever gone into... I remember my brother and I used to go into my grandfather's uh, shop. He had a shop, and then before he passed, he had two shops right there uh, on his land. And he would build things, make things. He was... well... I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't want to start bragging on my grandfather. He was a civil engineer, and I thought he could make anything he wanted to make. And I would say that's probably true. But I could tell you so much about him. But we would go, and he would hand us some wood. He would hand us, at a very early age, some nails. And he'd hand us a hammer. And I had a feeling that my mama had no clue that he had done that. But we would hammer things together. We would make things. You know, we would make things. And uh, we, we would make uh, toys uh, for ourselves. We would make things. And, and we thought, boy, this is awesome. And we, we, we liked what we made. We loved what we made. Why? Because we made it. And it was cool. It was neat. It was awesome. 
So to be able to, to think that we could make something. Well, we, well, you would think that God up in heaven who made us would naturally love us. And why would it ever have to be a choice on His part to love us? He made us. But have you seen how some of us behave? Have you seen how some of us uh and I'll use the big word, blaspheme God Himself with our words and our behavior. Now think about God's choice to love us. Oh, but Brother Pastor Craig, oh no. He certainly doesn't have love for those who don't love Him. Certainly He has no love for those who don't care about Him. Certainly God in heaven loves those who love Him and that's how it works. And that is sometimes how it works between you and me and other people, isn't it? Oh, we can love those who love us. Oh, that's easy to do. But to love those who don't love us, those who ridicule us, those who make fun of us, those who... And the, the, the big word for the... For, for a number of years now, is those who bully us. What about them? What about them? How do we love them? Oh no, that's hard. That's difficult. God has chosen to love that which He has made, and this is a choice on His part, and it includes all people everywhere. Doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter how they dress, doesn't matter what accent they have, doesn't matter what tongue they speak, it doesn't matter how they treat other people, doesn't matter how they treat God Himself. God has chosen to love that which He has made. Hmm. Well, what if some of the people, what, look, what if some, some of those people, what if those, some, some of those people just don't care about God at all? What if those people are, as we would say, just kind of weird looking? Oh, preacher, you don't think that. Now look, <laughs> I've seen some interesting hair in my days. I've seen some interesting colors. I've seen some interesting people. It's a little weird, but you know what? God loves them. They're people. They're people and God cares about them. Oh, but Brother Craig, what if they're not Americans? We have this nationalism in our country now here where we, uh, it, it's very interesting and I, I, I really would rather you not, uh, and maybe I shouldn't even mention it, uh, and I won't. I'll mention this. I had a friend of mine send me a, a picture of Jesus and he was, he had a, an American flag draped over him and he had a, had a rifle in his hand. That, that, that bothered me. Now, he sent it to me because he knew it would bother me and it bothers him as well. But does Jesus just love Americans? No. God loves people. 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 People who live in the, on this earth. People who, who speak with different... Uh, in different tongues, people who are rude to others, people who need to know that somebody cares about them, people who have sinned, people who are in prison, God loves them. He cares about them. But preacher, certainly not the biggest 
sinner in the world. Don't know who that would be by name. I, I can't say. I don't know. Certainly God doesn't love that person. Oh yes, He does. This love that He has for people is a love that makes distinctions, choosing its objects freely. It is especially the love of a higher for a lower. This is unconditional love. This is a choice that God has made to love us. This means that by His choice, God has chosen to love people. And if we're supposed to be like Him, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, then what does that mean? Oh, preacher, please don't say it. Yes, it means that you and I must love people. And we must learn to look past of what, what they look like. We must learn to look past what they've done. We must learn to look past how they speak, how they act, how they dress, and say, yes, I love that person. Because God loves that person. God's love is not dependent on people being good. God's love is not dependent on attending church or loving Him back. not approve of every decision make them just the same. His love, his decision to love is not dependent upon how they act. The closest thing we can relate to here on earth is the love between a parent and a child, or maybe even more so a grandparent and a grandchild. I watched that happen in my own house, as, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I will not tell you which one. Uh, but one of my boys, he didn't do anything wrong or bad, but it was just something I didn't approve of. Little, little, ba- little bitty guys, you know, when they, and, and I said, well, you know, I, I thought, you know, they, they shouldn't have done that. And, and my father said, oh, hey, they're fine. They didn't, they're fine. They didn't do anything wrong. They're fine. And I thought, sometimes love is blind. <laughs> But God's love is not blind. Now, I want you to make sure you understand that. God's love is not blind. He does notice when we mess up. He does notice when we do things that are not, uh, as we would say, to His liking. Let's just say it. God sees when we sin. He knows. He sees it. He doesn't avoid it. He doesn't overlook it. But He does love us in spite of what we do. God's love is not blind to humans, human beings' failures, their poor choices, or their sin. He loves them anyway. That's the first thing I want you to grasp this morning, is that God loves you. He loves you. You, right here in 2023, almost 2024, God loves you. He knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows how many are there. He knows you, and He loves you. Well, the second thing we see is the expression of God's love for the world. The second part of that verse 16 says that He gave His only begotten Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His one and only Son to be born into this world. He loves us so much that He gave His 
son to us. Think about that. Would you give up one of your children for someone else's sins? Would you do that? Would you take one of your children and say, here, look, I'm going to offer my child up and he's going to pay for the sins of someone else? I don't think you would. I don't think you would. And if you would, come talk to me afterwards. I'd like to understand why. That's, the, that's something that's unimaginable. Now, I, I'm not talking about, you know, giving your child up to someone when they're screaming their head off, you know. I mean, I know, we pass babies around, you know, when that happens. Where's mama? <laughs> I'm talking about giving that child and letting go of that child. Could we do that for someone else's sin? This love that motivated him to do just that is a self-giving, a giving of, of oneself to another type of love. This is how God expressed his love toward us. This is how he did it. He shared his son with us. He sent his only son. His son, God in the flesh, came to live on this earth with all of mankind. He is fully God. He is fully man. Because of this, he is perfect. Because he is fully God. He's able to live a perfect life and thus become the perfect lamb who could die once and for all for our sins. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else could do that for you but Jesus. This son, God's only son, was sent as an expression of love. He was sent to die in our place on the cross. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took our sins upon himself. He took our sins upon himself. He took the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins. He did that. He died on that cross for us. He paid the penalty for our sins. Listen to what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. God sent his only son to die for you. God sent His only Son to die for you. You and I deserve to go to hell. We are sinners. We deserve to go to hell. But God said, no, wait a minute. I know that's where you deserve to go, but I'm going to make it possible for you to not have to go. I'm going to provide the way where you do not have to go to hell. You can be with me you can be forgiven of your sins. And that's what he did when he sent his only son Jesus to die for you. That's what he did. The last thing we see is that God gives eternal life to those who believe in him. He gives eternal life to those who believe in him. Look at the last part of verse 16. 
It says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you and I believe in what Jesus did on the cross, if we believe that he took upon himself our sins and took the punishment that we all deserve, then we will not perish. What does that word mean, perish? The idea is not extinction, but ruin, loss. Not of being, but of well-being. You're you're going to perish. You're going to lose a sense of well-being. You're going to be in a state of ruin, a state of loss. It's not going to be good. According to the Bible Knowledge Commentary, the word means not annihilation, but rather a final destiny of ruin in hell apart from God who is life, truth, and joy. If we place our faith and our trust in Christ, we will not perish in eternal judgment. We will not be separated from his presence. Wow. We can continue to be a part of his family if we will trust in him, if we will place our our, our lives in his hands, if we will confess our sins, repent, turn away from our sins, and ask him to come inside of our heart, to be in charge of our lives. We will be in his family. It's not something we did. It's something God provided for us. He offers to us if we will only receive it. Remember, with and in the presence of God is his love. With and in the presence of God is his grace, his mercy, his care, his forgiveness. Do you need to be forgiven this morning? Ask Him. He will forgive you. Do you need His care? You need to be in His family. Do you need His love, His grace, and His mercy? If you will trust in Him with His presence in your life, you have all of these. All of these. Notice verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That the world through Him might be saved. Is that not amazing? Certainly God would have been justified in sending His Son, Jesus, into into this world to condemn the world. Bunch of sin out there, a lot of sinners out there. It got, you would think, yes, God's going to stop this stuff. He's going to send His Son Jesus and He's going to condemn the world and, and He's going to get all this, this straight. You would think, or we would think maybe, that that's kind of how that works. You walk into a gym full of children and they're fighting. What do you do? You, you, you stop it. You shut it down. You stop it. You, you, you punish the guilty. That's what you do. You, you, they've, got to, they've got to receive some kind of penalty. Not a slap on the hand. Not a, oh, uh-oh, uh, uh, mama came and mama's throwing a fit. They, they don't want their child to be, you know, to, to miss class or to be uh, expelled or anything. Oh, oh, well, well. No, they must receive the penalty. If they did the crime, <laughs> got to do the time. That's kind of how we look at things. And we would say, well, now my goodness, if if sin is running rampant upon the earth, then God needs to send somebody down there to do something about it. And so many of us, we would, you, you would almost think that we would make, that would make sense to us that God would send Jesus down to take care of it all and say, well, this is how it's going to go, folks. 
but Jesus came so that the world through him might be saved. We deserve to go to hell, but God said, wait a minute. I want them to be with me. I want them to know and understand true, unconditional love. I want them to know that. I want them to experience that for all eternity. I want them to know forgiveness. I want them to know me. If we were God, the first few times a person messed up, we'd, we'd punish them forever, I think. If I were God, boy, I gave you three chances. Now, come on. That's it. Sorry. Ah, but we're glad that we're not God. You're probably glad I'm not. God Almighty and loving God made a way for us to be forgiven. He made it possible for us to be forgiven. He made a way for us to not have to face the punishment for our sins. Now, how many of you, how many of you heard? Look, you, we have, that's why we have lawyers. That's why we have lawyers so they can get us out of, a, of something we got ourselves into. And we don't want to be punished. And we, we get a lawyer, we say, hey, I need your help. Uh, get me out of this mess. And we expect him to perform a miracle and somehow get us out of it. We don't want to be punished. None of us want to be punished for what we've done. But God says, you know what? I don't want you to be punished either. I want you to be forgiven, but you must come to me. You must come to me. You must turn away from your sin. You must ask to be forgiven of your sins. Confess your sins to me, God tells us. He made a way for us. And that way came in the form of a little baby born over 2,000 years ago in a little town called Bethlehem. We could not get up to God, but God came down to us. Wow. His love. It was His love that propelled Him to come to us. It was His love that nudged Him toward us. He has an unconditional love for you. And He made it possible for us to be forgiven through Jesus. His love proved the way to be forgiven and live with him forever. It proved his love when Jesus died on that cross. Is that something that has happened to you? Have you you asked him to forgive you and come into your life? Have you listened to to the urging of the Holy Spirit as he, I think, calls all the time to us, pulling us toward God, pulling us toward himself? And even after we've accepted Christ, He is continually pulling us toward God and toward a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And so he calls. Have you felt that in your heart? Have you asked him to forgive you? Have you felt that need? Is that something that you have done? A decision that you have made? Do you have the assurance that you will be with him forever if you were to die today? Does that comfort and joy live in your heart? Does that comfort and joy live in your heart, knowing that I've got that handled? I'm good. I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, in the meantime, what are, what are, what are you doing? What am I doing? We're supposed to be telling others so that they too can have that experience, so that they too can have that assurance of where they're going when they leave this world. My prayer for you is that you know where you're going. God loves you. God sent his only son to die for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe that he died for you?
We have a heavenly father that has proved his love on a cross so many years ago. And what he did on the cross, when he died on the cross for you and for me, when he died on the cross for those at that time in that space, that act, the resulting effects of that act on the cross continue all the way through time to, until today. And if we have a tomorrow, tomorrow. God has made a way for us to be with him. And it was out of his great love for us that he did this. Out of his great love. In Romans, Paul talks about that great love has been poured into our hearts. That same love of God that he has for you has been poured into our hearts. So we really have no excuse to love others in this world. We have no excuse. Oh, but pastor, that, you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know what they did to me. When did they do it? Oh, it was 50 years ago, but they did it to me and it hurts. Love them. Forgive them. God has forgiven you. Forgive them. Walk in the Father's love. Walk in it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for what you have done through your Son, Jesus, on the cross. Lord, we celebrate at this time of the year His coming into the world. Wow, God, you sent Him here. Not so that you would know what we go through, but so that we would know that you know what we go through. There's no denying. We can't sit here and say, oh God, you don't know what it's like down here. You don't know what, how difficult it is to live in this world. We can't say those things because your son lived in this world and human nature certainly has not changed. The selfishness is still out there. The greediness is still out there. The grudge holding is still out there. Father, we can say with all assurance that you do know what we go through. And we thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die on that cross in our place. We don't, we don't deserve that, Father. But out of your great love for us, you chose you chose to send him to die for us. God, we give you thanks. And Lord, as we gather in our homes later this evening and tomorrow and maybe even days after that, as we gather around a tree, a table, Lord, may we give thanks to you for your great love for us. May we always remember the gift of your son that you gave to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. We're so glad that you have uh, stayed with us through this year, or maybe you're a brand new listener. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can always go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And you can uh, email us from that website. We'd love to hear from you and love to know if we are being an encouragement to you. 
as we draw close to a brand new year, my prayer is that you will lean on the Lord throughout this year. If he so chooses to give us an entire new year, my prayer is that you will lean on him no matter what you face, no matter what comes your way. Well, until, well, I guess until this next time, this next new year, till new, till next year, I'm wishing you a happy one. And I pray that you are leaning on the Lord. Thanks again for listening to Words of Encouragement, a ministry of First Baptist Church, Winsboro, Louisiana. <laughs>